I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, it's your host, at NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group, at UK Packers. And as usual, we're back from a week hiatus, oh yeah baby, it's me old buddy. Ryan Peacock NFL, what's going on? Buddy! <laughs> you have got that thing wired right now, haven't you? I mean, yeah. you're really, really hitting that thing. <laughs> I've got the ball Look, voice behind the desk, and it's working a treat. There's a reason we had to take a week off, and it's because I'm, I'm blaming a few people that decided that brandy shots were a good idea at the party. Oh, and bad. there was definitely... We're not going to name any names, are we? But there was at least one guy ended up on his back twice after <laughs> drinking too many brandy shots. And do you know what, Ryan? So that's why we took the week off. And it's poetic, too, because... Uh, the Super Bowl meet like two years ago when we were last at Bloomsbury Lanes. Again, I don't want to go and slander the dude, but one of the lads fell asleep and we got all pictures with him as you do, you know, start putting stuff on, you know, balancing stuff on his head. Hilarious. But it was the guy who was slagging this dude off was the guy who ended up on his back and asleep and had to get politely effed out by the uh, by the bouncers. So good on you. Thing is, I think it got to that. I think it got to that point though, where it was so brilliant, where he almost just looked at the bouncers and just went, "Just please help me up them stairs. Just, just <laughs> yeah. if you help me, I'll go quietly." Yeah. And but do you know what? As well, I have to say, he got absolutely ossified, and he is a listener because he's a regular listener. You know who you are. We've mentioned you, right? And he is a man legend. But I had all newfound respect for him because he was holding a Jaeger bomb in one hand, he was holding a brandy shot full in the other. He fell on his arse, but kept both drinks up and didn't spill a drop. How about that? Well, I think my favourite bit as well is as soon as he stood back up, he reached out and grabbed the second brandy <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. it truly was man down, but he's a hero in my eyes. Oh, yeah, and he, was, he wasn't in bad shape now the next morning. wasn't in bad shape. But, Rhino, um, how was your week off, buddy? What would you do, bro? What's going on? Uh, well, yeah, obviously, back to work, back to normal, isn't it? Um and then, well, a training this morning. So, you know, Jimmy the Hands was back in play after throwing three touchdowns the other week, back to receiver this week. Yeah, humble. So, uh, okay. you know, we'll probably we'll probably talk about that later. I think I got a pick six in that game as well. Yeah. And we should also probably talk about, maybe a bit later in that game, uh, why you didn't play. <laughs> Look, it's in my prime time nature. Because, listen, uh, we're kicking off the podcast again, as everybody knows, because, you know, you're listening to it right now. Um, we took a week off. We, I'd love to say Ryan to tool up a bit. Do you know what I mean? To sort of re-gear up. But you know, we were kind of dying after that weekend. That was pretty epic. Um, but we were kind of thinking about rebranding the show. So let us know what you think out there, right? So we're the UK Packers podcast. We will always be the UK Packers podcast. But the off season can be a pretty grisly time. It's barren, especially because look, teams splash in free agency, but we're Packers fans and. You know, despite all the crap out there saying, oh, this is the year Ted Thompson becomes non-Ted Thompson, like it does look, you know, get a grip of your tits here. I mean, there's no way Ted Thompson is actually going to do that in special and free agency. Not yeah, as he is. No, he's yeah, not. Yeah, he is. There's no way. He's going to get Boye from the Texans. No, he's not. You heard it here first. Right. So, right, right <laughs> here's a new part of the podcast then. What are you drinking there, Rhino? Because we're going to have to place down some bets here. If you're right, oh, I will buy you a, a 12-pack of whatever you're drinking. What have you got in hand there? Uh, Hop House Lager I've got this week. Oh, that's tasty. That's Irish, right? That's straight out of Ireland, mate, as oh, you well know. Guinness Brewery? Uh, a, I believe so. To call that a bottle of bot over here, you know, 13 on the jersey. But anyway, uh, so yeah, what we're going to do is rebrand it as the Primetime in Bailiff show. Still brought to you by uh, yours truly, Steve Diddy, Ryan Peacock NFL. But we're going to brand it because we'd like to sort of blow it open a little bit, talk about news around the NFL. You know, stuff within the NFC North that's going to affect us and also some interesting little tidbits that go along. This show, and we don't want to shock you too much with it is going to follow the same kind of format as the previous shows. But from next week onwards, there's going to be some fun stuff going on. Uh, some nice little bits that we're going to add in. We're just generally going to take the piss. Um, so yeah, it's good to be back. But we have a special guest on the podcast this week. And uh, it's going to be very hard to differentiate the two of you. I know. May I introduce the guest? Ryan, or do you want to do it? Well, I'll let you do it. But I should, we should also add, this is the first time we've had a special guest come into the studio and join us. Mm. Yeah, true. And let me introduce well, let you. Do. Let me introduce. So it's your old brother. It's your old pal. 
<laughs> it's Josh Peacock NFL. Well, it's probably not Josh Peacock NFL on Twitter. Josh, it's it's the brother. Uh, the, is he bigger, smaller, taller, fatter, hairier, non-hairier version of you, Ryan? I mean, how do, uh, Josh, how, how are you feeling there, buddy? I'm good. I'm good, thanks. And, uh, you know, what a delight to be on this podcast as well. Oh, it's a, it's a um, chart. Tell, tell, the, tell the good people out there why you're on the podcast, what position you hold, and where the hell were you for the last while? Um, well, so while you guys were all at London, uh, at Bloomsbury Lanes, I was in uh, I was in Houston taking it all in just to annoy everyone. Um, so official position is uh, I head up commercially uh, Gridiron Magazine. So thanks to you two guys for hosting our party. Well, it looked like you had all the fun. Jesus. So tell us then, Josh, I mean, did you hit media row? Was it was it a media engagement before the game? Did you go over and have a jolly at the game or was it very much all business? I was solely there for work, Steve. I don't know what you're on about, about <laughs> jolly. <laughs> you're unlike your brother, I tell you. You put down at least seven crates before day one. The thing is, the thing is, though, you can tell he's my brother because I'm pretty sure we can see an alcoholic drink in front of him. So maybe we should find out what this guy's drinking. What are you drinking? Jesus. Something quite different to you two. Um, I'm on... Uh, no, I'm on uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> he's, the cl- he's the classier version. Yeah. He does yeah. look an awful lot smarter version. and well-groomed, I have to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, if you can imagine me with hair slimmer and and a and a muscular body, that that's the brother. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Big Willie Peacock, I think I believe his nickname wasn't. Definitely not. Yeah. No. Definitely <laughs> <not>. <laughs> yeah. But come here, uh, Media Row. Then I mean, so you were sitting on Media Row watching all these guests coming back and forth. Have you got anybody of interest to the Packers? And please don't let it be in Dominican Zoo. Well, you just uh, you just mentioned AJ Boye. We had him on. Um, oh, yeah. He came on. Yeah, um, we had Brady Papinga. Nice. Um, I wasn't actually there for that one, but in terms of in terms of ex Packers players, he came uh, to see us. Mm. Um, other guys that were quite notable. Um, I got on. I got on really well with Clinton McDonald of the Bucks um, yeah. because we just spoke about breakfast for about fifteen minutes before the interview <laughs> actually begun. Yeah. Um, to the point where um, my colleagues actually thought we were eating into the allotted time that we had with the players, but he said, no, no it was fine. We Par- were just chatting. Pardon the pun, eating into their time. Yeah. Exactly. That was good, wasn't it? Um, we had Jay Ajayi came to see us, a uh, friend of the magazine, recent cover star. Um, he came over. Um, and How as English well, is he, Josh, Jay Ajayi? Because they keep saying the London-born running back, is he English or is he super American now? He sounds as uh, English as Osea Munyara does, so uh, <laughs> he, he's he's got a strange accent. Yeah, yeah he's uh, there's not a lot of English accent left in that man, unfortunately. Um, no, he didn't cock me uh, up now when he met you. Right, like, oh, what me old China? No, the the best person for an English accent or an attempt at an English accent is um, former Buffalo Bills Hall of Famer Andre Reid, who uh, who tried and tried again to come out with an English accent and it was brilliant yeah. to the point that even even uh, there was a there was a moment when I was eating prawns down at the uh, <laughs> down at down at the, the food area as you do um and he came past me and just went all right mate and it was the the worst attempt at an English accent I've ever seen but it was brilliant good on him you have to when you're talking though bad English accents is it not Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins was it that bad it, it was it was it was as bad as when there's American commercials with Americans trying to put on an English accent. Hey lads, was... let me just jump in and say, you get off unscathed when it comes to the Irish accent. Instead of just getting a paddy actor, and we've got plenty of them. We've Colin Farrell, Liam Neeson, to name a few. Michael Fass, Michael Fassbender, also in fairness to him, he's a uh, Kerry via Germany, a bit like yourselves, really. Um, so, you know, and then, look, we can't look past Tom Cruise's Irish accent. I mean, the chap was ridiculous. Uh, so we get sort of uh, spanked all the time with the accent. So apart from the type of banter that you have with the lads, who sort of took your breath away, Josh, in the sense that when you met him, you're like, Jesus, you're... Because I met Ray Lewis, and I know he's got the bad past, and everyone goes on, oh, the murderer dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah, him. You know, um, <laughs> you know, alleged, and nothing's been founded with that dude. But he just took he my breath innocent. away. But but if he said to me, you know, like do the, you know, jump off a bridge and you know pretend you're a police car and stab yourself in the face, I do all of those things within a heartbeat. The chap was just as char- he has charisma just oozing out of his balls. So who I mean, who had charismatic balls for you? This is going to surprise you, but um, don't say Bill Belichick. <laughs> it, it was it wasn't no. Um, 
defensive end of the Philadelphia Eagles, Brian Brayman was my favourite uh, person I met all week. Yeah. And what was that, it about him? He's just a hell of a handsome man. I said this. <laughs> I said this on the. Uh, I said this on the gridiron show at the same time to the point where when we introduced his interview, I just went, oh, because, you know, man to man here, nothing weird. The guy's delicious. Well, actually, do you know what? Speaking of speaking of pushing the pushing the limits, uh, I had a bit of an embarrassing story myself. I went over to Green Bay, got invited to this party, right? And everyone was like, you know, top business people and all this type of stuff. Now, I've got a kid, and when someone comes up and says, "Oh, he's a really cute kid," you feel proud as a dad, you know. So this guy had his son there, and his son was maybe maybe eighteen, nineteen, or whatever. But he looked a bit like Taylor Lautner from those Twilight movies or whatever. So I was <laughs> chatting to the dad, and the dad goes, "Here's my son," and I thought. You know, I'll do the thing of like, oh, Jesus, it's Taylor Lautner. How are you? You know, and I thought that'd be it. So I reached over and he said, hi, this is my son. I said, oh, Jesus, I'd say all the ladies now are going mental. Look, Taylor Lautner, where he is. But because I speak in a really strong Irish accent and I probably spoke about a thousand miles an hour, no one heard what I said. So they went, sorry. And I said, uh, you know, uh, Taylor Lautner. And they said, what? I said, no, he, just, he said he's hand, he's look, like he's good looking. He looks like Taylor Lautner. And it just looked like I was trying to hit on this guy's son. So I was just like, <laughs> this has gone past the point now of no return. <laughs> I think that he actually thinks I'm trying to pick him up. Uh, I have to say, right, I just just got to jump in. Uh, I was following your Instagram while you are away, Josh. And one of the most interesting moments for me was not you meeting any of the players or any of the coaches, because I think you spoke with Brian Billick as well at one we point. We did, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. But the, my favourite moment had to have been the uh, the Keenan and Kel moment. <laughs> I don't know if you want to explain that one to the listeners. Yeah, that that was great. I mean, you know, going back a few years, everyone loved Keenan and Kel, and and he was there on opening night for one, um, dressed in that uh, that kind of sailor outfit that he, he wore in in Keenan and Kel at times, um, but then reappeared on Radio Row. Um, representing Nickelodeon and we were in the middle of a podcast so we were all sat there with our headphones on um you know I was there pretending to be professional and all the rest of it and um he's he's walked past and and a, a lad who was out there at the time with us John Jackson um who's Virgin Radio DJ knew nothing of NFL until he until he got to Houston literally um he just ran after Kel and said, Kel, Kel, we've got a question for you. And, uh, you know, everyone can guess the question. It starts with, who loves orange soda? And <laughs> uh, and, and finished with, uh, you know, the uh, I do, I do, I do thing. <laughs> um, and, and was probably the highlight of the day. So, you know, you go through all these people. And I think that day we'd spoke to um, Andre Reid, as I said. I think we'd spoke to Shane Ray of the Broncos and... Uh, quite a few other people i'd seen drew Brees, which was quite cool um I'm sure he had no interest in speaking to me and we didn't we didn't say any words to each other but um kel was definitely the highlight of, of that day which was unrelated to anything that we were there for well come here did he get pissed off did he look like oh geez i get this all the time like that dude who's that guy uh you know um i won't even go into it there's, there's loads of them that just keep getting asked the same phrase did he look mm. like he was fine to do it or did he actually get annoyed with just do you know what I guess his stock has, has fallen the older he's got because, yeah. uh, you know, I guess in America he probably does something, but in England here, that's all we know him for. So yeah. I'm sure he's kind of used to the fact of people just grabbing him and asking him for that. And he was actually fine. He even, even walked off um, with a peace sign up at us. Well, I think his two fingers were around that way anyway. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, but no, he was great. He was, he was a good laugh. Um, he embraced it and I think he liked the fact that we were English I mean similar to the issues you have with your accent Steve my editor as, as some of you might know is from Hartlepool so I effectively acted as his translator for most of the trip <laughs> yes. and uh, and Kel was quite endeared to, to us uh, I think because we were from England so it was all fine yeah it's like you say I think Keenan is actually on Saturday Night Live as a writer and actor and Kel is dressed up in a sailor suit bouncing around for Nickelodeon. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, they went in very different directions. And anyway, I heard Kel was dead, so I'm happy to know he's alive and uh, I'm happy to know he still likes orange soda. Is that one of those rumours, though, that always used to get started at school? Like, uh, I, I don't know, like Steve Irwin must have died 13 times at school until he actually died, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and no one believed him, even his wife. Nah, yeah. he's not dead. It's just one of those internet pranks. Rest in peace. <laughs> really so look, look, I'm, I'm going to get in there and bring this one up first now because I know Steve wants to bring it up. Do you, 
the field goal. So we, <laughs> so we saw you in Houston. Tell us a bit about the fan experience, which is, uh, which was something that you said uh, anybody can go down to. Um, anybody can sort of take part in the different activities that are going on there. So tell us a bit about that and tell us how you got on with your field goal attempt. Well, first of all, that, that NFL experience, as the whole Super Bowl was, was completely unique and of a different scale to any sporting event I've ever seen. I mean, we, we spoke quite a lot during the week of just what we thought might be able to rival the Super Bowl on the whole for its pizzazz, its craziness, if you like, and, and you know, the sheer scale of it in Houston alone, as well as the fact that, you know, it's beamed around the world. Um the only thing we thought could potentially rival it for for the engagement side and the sheer, you know, nuts, uh, you know, event that it is, is probably the Olympics. But this NFL experience is um, effectively in in three huge exhibition halls. I mean, you know, NEC style exhibition halls, mm. and uh, it's it's just tons of of um, American football related. Um, activities going on or there's the NFL shop was there um, New Era stands were there there was a mock uh, pitch that was there that they did some stuff on at one point and there was a number of passing drills there was a number of catching drills where balls would be fired in the air and you could go and catch them against um, uh, you know markers and, and all this sort of stuff going on and and obviously straight away I was endeared to the fact that you know I've played football all my life, you know, English football, that is. And uh, there was a field goal. And and I was like, this is going to be fine. You know, we'll, we'll walk straight in there. We were down there because we were media. We were down there like two hours before it opened to the public, taking mm. advantage of, of empty stands and no queues and that sort of thing. And I went down there with uh, a couple of the other lads. And um, I must have hit 25 field goals before I got one through. And, you know, I got my practice out of the way, clearly. Um, you know, had, had had a lot of attempts, had the GoPro set up, all that sort of stuff. And then we had to go back upstairs because it was lunch and eating is an important part of my life. So I, I went back upstairs, got my lunch. The NFL experience reopened. We went down and there must have been three to 400 people queuing for this one attraction, this field goal thing. Mm. And uh, we've kind of showed our media passes because they're of the opinion that you're there as media, you're there to get content promoting the NFL to your fan base, all that sort of stuff. Yes. And so you go to the front of the queue and uh, I've gone straight from the 30-yard line and, and the guy's come over to me and he said, look, you know, um, get what you can content-wise, whatever you need, but I can't have you, have you having too many goes. Yes. I said, yeah, that's fine, it's fine. You know, I'll, I'll nail it, don't worry, mate. Coffee has. <laughs> and anyway, I've looked around and suddenly thought, shit, there's quite a lot of people here. Um, I'm going to have to be good at this. And gladly, I've walked straight up to it, smacked it straight through the middle to the point, Ryan, I know you've got issues with field goals. Um, <laughs> I, uh, unfortunately, I'm not a Packers fan. I'm a Jaguars fan. And, and uh, I messaged Jason Myers on Instagram and got a response because I asked him, did he know any franchises that needed a kicker for the next season? Oh. Um, but oh. it, <laughs> it went straight through the middle and, you know, the rest is uh, Instagram gold. Yeah. See, that was the thing. I knew Steve was going to get in there and uh, he'd bring that one up. So I thought I'd get there first. So there you go. He did, the, though, however, he said he got one. He did admit that he had several attempts in warm up. So, you mm. know, when I was there that day, it was windy. There was, oh, you Jesus. know, bad snap. Yeah. You know, the hold wasn't great. And, you know, I didn't get, <laughs> didn't get any practice. Didn't get any practice, Phil Girl. So, you know, just saying. Rewriting history. Mm. So let me just reiterate what you said. There was no wind. The snap was good. Hold, great. Best hold I've ever seen, in fact. NFL standard. Um, it was from about 10 <laughs> yards. It's it's a peacock tradition. Maybe just like Josh Ryan, maybe you just need to get 25 out of the way and then the 26th one will be good. I don't know. I don't this know. is it. That's it. You know, you know how I prepare for these podcasts. So I'm not going to be out there <laughs> hitting... I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to be out there hitting 25 warm-up field goals before I hit the big one. <laughs> I mean, naturally, the other thing is, Ryan, that I was battling jet lag, you know, America, America, where I was in Texas is yeah. six hours behind. So if the, if yeah. this is if this is two, two in the afternoon, I think I was down there at that's that's, that's eight o'clock in the morning. I mean, I I hadn't had sixteen cappuccinos to wake yeah. myself up oh. at this point. Okay, fair enough. But you're essentially a dome kicker. I was outside <laughs> doing it in the elements. 
Well, so, yeah, I mean, I was in I was in the close vicinity of the NRG Stadium, but you know, and the roof was closed, so I might as well practice in the right environments. I think Fair enough. If, if Josh can quarterback as well as Ryan can, I think we're just going to have to supplant you on the team. Ryan, I think we're going to have to push you onto a coaching role. Uh, I think with his prowess at <laughs> kicking. Um, what can I say? But what a performance. And I know we'll get around to that later uh, when, when Josh is off the line. Uh, get around to where our Super Bowl party ourselves didn't sound as fun as Josh's and uh, just the absolute stellar performance you put in. Uh, you know, Harry Peacock. But um, come here, Josh. <laughs> the, the actual game itself, electric game, um, but in the first three quarters it was looking like the crap of Super Bowl ever did you get that feeling in the stadium like I know as a as an Englishman and as an Irishman I'd be the same you just probably feel blessed to be in the stadium during a Super Bowl what a surreal experience but from a crowd perspective let me rephrase this because I've kind of got two questions that I want to know right number one you, you were at the fan experience but you know A was there many fans there because it's pretty much just a celebrity junket and second off when you were at the game and in the first three quarters did the mood get zapped from the stadium or is it, you know, there isn't a whole lot of actual genuine fans who can actually afford to go. So the mood didn't really change at the Super Bowl. I mean, how did you see it? Well, you know, uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, he was really yeah. rooting for the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Left third <laughs> um, quarter or second quarter, didn't he? Of course, yeah. Chris Evans, Jeremy Renner, you know, they, they were the big fans there that night. Um, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? There seemed to be a lot of there seem to be a lot of fans of the two two franchises to be honest and unless you know nfl shop were just doing some form of sale on on falcons and patriots journeys <laughs> on the on the days leading up to the game um i i actually thought that the fans were superb of both sides i mean naturally the falcons were you know uh bantering the, the patriots fans mm. there was one guy just below me uh, who was about three rows from from where the media was sat who seemed to be um gesticulating shall we say is that the right word it might yep. be a bit weird um towards the media and I, I don't know what sort of response he was going to get from us i mean we're, yeah. we're hardly going to turn around and tell him where to go when when we're probably you know some of them were live on air or, or whatever yeah, they yeah. were doing um but uh but you know you know the falcons took the game away in the first half and and the difference between the two halves i mean i tweeted out a, a sort of um, in the fourth quarter when the Patriots started to come back and, and said, Bill Belichick at halftime, it's a game of two halves, lads. And that was exactly what it was like. It mm. was absolutely phenomenal. But in all fairness to the Patriots fans, in the second half, when the when the team came back out in the second half, you know, what did they have to lose? They got, they got straight behind the team. I mean, as soon as Patriots were on defence, you know, Trey Flowers had a stormer, in all honesty, and, and was probably... A candidate for MVP as much mm. as James White was, and and Trey Flowers, you know, I think he I think he had a, an inception um, early in the game or something, didn't he? Um, but anyway, the the fans got so behind the Patriots and it and it was brilliant. And then obviously they conceded uh, soon after. And and the saddest sight I saw, I mean, as as an Englishman, uh, if I ever go and watch football or, or whatever, I would never leave until the final whistle. Now. There was a young family of four to our right, and there was a, a young lad who must have been eight or nine in a Patriots jersey, um, and he was inconsolable. He was, you know, floods of tears, couldn't hack it that he'd come to this, you know, the greatest sporting event in, in the world, and his team that he was supporting were being pummeled, and his family left. Yeah. They left the Super Bowl. That's and crazy. That is crazy. And and obviously, the worst bit about that is hopefully they didn't leave the stadium <laughs> yeah. and, and might have seen a TV or something somewhere um, and come back to their seats. But we we had head in hands. I mean, to be fair, um, one of my colleagues that I was with, another UK journalist, he, I, I, he was tempted to go and say to them, like, you know, you can't leave, you can't leave. But, you know, the lad was inconsolable. The dad felt that he had this requirement to... <laughs> to appease his son and, and out they went but hopefully they just went onto the stadium concourse before uh, mm. before the Patriots started their comeback but the the atmosphere was incredible I mean I couldn't believe that I looked up when the official attendance came up and that it was only 70,000 inside that stadium because you know I've posted a few videos on Twitter and, and I was running the Gridiron Twitter account for, for a fair amount of the night because my editor a Patriots fan you know didn't he, I didn't. I don't think he even knew where he was meant to be because yeah. um, 
uh, yeah, he he sort of sank into a hole somewhere up on up in the gods where we were, and uh, so I posted a few videos and bits, and there was a, a video at the start where Brady came out to to the fans before kickoff and and kind of got the fans up for it, and to me it could have seemed like there was 150,000 inside that stadium the atmosphere was incredible like i can't even put it into words i mean i've said that to ryan a ton of times since mm. being back the whole event as you know itself but also the match on on game day um you you can't put it into words it's it's complete bucket list stuff it's crazy so unfortunately Josh I think we're, we're running close to it but certainly we'd love to have you on again um, and chat about it because there's so many questions I know I've bouncing around in my head um, but what was the what was the sort of the, if you can give us maybe three things that stood out to you overall about it I know you've said that you know that you'll never get over with that sort of fan experience with the atmosphere in the stadium but if there was if you were to pay for a Super Bowl trip yourself, would you do it? And what what three things would stick and be implanted in your brain constantly when you think back of that trip now? Um well, I, I would pay for a Super Bowl trip, hundred mm. percent. Um, you know, uh, I was, you know, crazily fortunate to be going this time for work. But if that chance isn't afforded to me again, um or the Jaguars made it, you know, that's never gonna happen. Um <laughs> but um if 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 I had to pay, do you know, I really would. Um, I I didn't. I wasn't even hugely into American football until I don't know, Ryan. You'll you'll know better than me. Probably a year ago, if if that. Um, but since you know, I've been completely immersed in the sport. You know, I'm doing all sorts to to know as much as I can. And, and while I don't know as much as you guys, you just have to immerse yourself into it to to appreciate the sheer craziness of it but um you know going back to what you say sorry three things that stand out for me is um how well america or, or the u.s sorry can market to the consumer um across all sports um because i went to watch an nba game while i was there um as well uh, houston rockets for the atlanta Hawks, and and the fact the way that they engage their fans who, who are paying considerable money to go to these things um it is crazy. It, I've never known anything like it, you know, watching football, cricket, rugby, um, and that's at home and abroad. Uh, I've never seen anything like it on the sheer scale of, of engaging fans and making them feel like their their investment, if you like, of, of that ticket and travel and food is worth their while. That's the biggest thing that's that stuck out to me. Um, the second thing that stuck out to me is, is how much I hate American food. Um, that, that's a, that's a big play for me. Um, you know, I, I love I love eating chicken and, and barbecue beef or whatever it was, but I, I didn't appreciate the layers of cheese and sauce. Um, that'd be the second thing. Um, and the third thing for me is is just how um, I suppose as media, which isn't quite the right answer for for you know general public and stuff, is how. Mm easy it was to be in close proximity to such superstars. I mean, um, you know, we all know of opening night for the Super Bowl, but, um, you know, I was literally chatting to to Julian Edelman um, and I had a question prepared to him yeah. um, to ask, which I was telling Ryan about moments ago. Um, it's quite a funny story, really. I'm, I'm not a journalist, as I say, I head up the commercial side of, of Gridiron Magazine, but I thought it'd be funny to go and ask a question of Edelman and, and ask him for his tips on growing a brilliant beard. And, um, you know, everyone there is speaking about football and wanting to know about the Super Bowl and wanting to know about the Patriots season. And I thought, well, I don't follow the Patriots. I'll go and ask him about his beard. He's got a great beard. So I've walked over and I've got my iPhone out ready to record. And, and I've thought, right, what I'm going to say is, Julian, obviously you have a great beard. I have a beard as well. It's not quite as impressive. But can you give our, our readers any tips for beard growth? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. The wordage is fine. I know what I'm saying. It's nothing about football, so I can't be caught out. And as I've gone to say, I've literally looked up, hit record on my phone, and a journalist four people away from me said, Julian, for our listeners, could you give us some tips on how to grow a good beard? Jesus. And I died back into the crowd, and that was, <laughs> that was as close I got to being a journalist. Um, but, but um, you know, another thing that's a bit of a treat for people to know of is is obviously being American sport, we get to go into the locker rooms after the game. Um, Chris Long is hilarious, hilarious man. Um, the NFL only supplied three bottles of champagne to the winners, and he thought that wasn't adequate, and I wholeheartedly agree. So he bought another six. Yeah. Um, Rob Ninkovich, lovely bloke. Um, Tom Brady, you can't get anywhere near him. Um, 
Although I was in earshot when uh, when Robert Kraft came over to him, presented him with a cigar, which he did to all the players. Yeah. Um, and Tom Brady turned around to him and he said, Mr. Kraft, someone stole my game jersey. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing he said to him. Um, and, uh, you know, the clever sod that did that on the pitch after the game managed to put it on Instagram, hashtag about 50 different hashtags. So uh, I think the Texas Rangers were probably after him pretty soon after. But... Uh, yeah, you know, to sum it up, it was it was best trip of my life. Um, a fairly new sport to me. Um, I've always been into football, cricket, and rugby. But mm. if I was to say to anyone whether your team's in it or not, you know, um, I'd love to think Green Bay will be there soon because I've followed you guys through through Ryan's involvement and you know, um, hearing your your dulcet tones, Steve, on a on a mm. weekly basis. You know, on the way to London, um, I want to see you guys get there. You've got much more chance of Jacksonville. And uh, but if uh, if I'm speaking to any Green Bay fans and you guys don't make it in the next couple of years, just go out there and, and get involved. It, mm. It's it's the most immersive week of your life it is it's crazy as stuff to do every day there's uh gigs going on i mean you know there's people playing in the lead up to it and and the media city effectively which you can pay to go in and be a visiting member of on a daily basis yeah it's like another city it honestly it's it's the most ridiculous place um I'm, I'm still buzzing about it i haven't talked about anything else since i've been back um which probably bores everyone around me but um it, yeah, one of the best weeks of my life, and I can recommend it to anyone, even even non-football fans. Amazing. Well, we'll have to have Josh on again, Ryan, won't we? Because uh, I don't think we even scratched the surface on that. It sounded like an absolutely fantastic no. time. Yeah, I think that's the thing. We could talk all day, but we are going to have to, unfortunately. We have to let him go. And do you know what? We've just had a big roast dinner, haven't we? And I think he's got some jam roly-poly and custard downstairs, so I'm sure... <laughs> Plus my wine glass is nearly empty because you know. Yeah. So you have to keep me and throat moist. Me and Steve have to get our jam roly poly and custards in about what an hour's time or so. Mm. So you can go and enjoy yours now, buddy. Thank you very much. Now it's a pleasure to be on, and uh, and honestly, thank you for the work you did at, um, at Bloomsbury, the both of you, um, and keep doing the good work. Thanks to everyone. Cheers, mate. See you later. Great stuff, Ryan. Uh, so if anyone wants to follow Josh. Of course, you can follow the Gridiron uh, magazine, Instagram. You can follow their Twitter. I think he does be on that from time to time. But like Josh said, he's more the commercial aspect of it. You can follow his personal account on JP Cox Sport. Uh, Ryan, could have spoke to him all day on that. But I mean, there's so much stuff that I wanted to know about, especially those high caliber players, especially because we faced the Atlanta Falcons, you know, right before they went on and faced the Patriots. Um, it would have been nice to hear about some of those players because I heard that Julio Jones when you see him on the pitch just looks like you know out of this stratosphere he's meant to be absolutely unbelievable double teamed for the whole time in the Super Bowl still made those clutch plays what a game yeah he certainly uh, reminds me of someone like myself Steve so yeah <laughs> great player yeah the, the, what's frustrating is when you watch the first three quarters of that Super Bowl I mean I know obviously it's all woulda coulda shoulda but mm. you know if we could have somehow snuck past Atlanta who were obviously the by far the strongest team we came up against in those playoffs but yeah you have to feel like we'd have had a pretty good shot to have been somewhere in a similar position so let's just hope next year we, we've got to do it soon we've got to get to a Super Bowl soon because mm. you know at, at some point Aaron Rodgers will will retire and then who knows what happens next. So we've got to get back there soon. Yeah, so, and let me, let me have a real moment as well. And this is something that's kind of struck me, right? The way it was working, because, you know, we're, uh, we're on Irish radio, so I represent the group uh, when I get on with a bunch of paddies, uh, Ken Doherty and Reggie Corrigan of a Saturday morning. So I have to talk about more general NFL stuff. And, you know, they asked me to break down the game, where I think it's going to go, yada, yada, yada. And when I saw this game, and like the Falcons the whole season, once they strike up a lead on you, they you know they put the knife to you and they keep it going. And they did that against the Packers. We've seen them get up a massive lead. But, I mean, is it not fully evident to see the difference between the Patriots and the Packers, unfortunately, here, where, you know, the Patriots stuck with it, play by play. Obviously, they have a better defense than we had. Uh, they did the top three defense, I think, in the league. And they went back and they ended up winning it. Now, it's it's a Super Bowl for the ages. But an interesting part as well, Ryan, is, is that the Packers always get clobbered 
with uh, press man coverage and that's what we were criticized for when we were four and six and our backs were up against the wall Aaron Rodgers was throwing wide receivers open and that's exactly what Tom Brady was doing in that game doing something similar yeah which is incredible to say that the I mean the Atlanta Falcons sorry were they were one of the worst defenses in the NFL but they played press man against the Patriots and they had massive success their defensive coach was looking like an absolute genius for three quarters of that game he was holding Dan Quinn back and the two of them were jumping up and down and celebrating on the sideline uh, when Alford got that interception ran it into the end zone so and it's amazing the way it can all turn around that defensive coordinator has now been sacked so it goes to show that in a similar way that Dom Capers has the bend and break defense this defensive coordinator was doing poorly but was looking like an absolute stonewall genius and because it all fell away in the end, he's after losing his job. Like, what a turnaround is that? I Maybe he was going to be let yeah. go anyway, but, you know, weird. Yeah, I think you're fine. Probably if their defense was that bad all year, it was probably already written whether they won it or not. They would yeah. probably look to upgrade that. But, yes, yeah, certainly does look harsh. I think, though, the difference between – you mentioned the difference between the Packers and Patriots, you know, as in we've been down by that score, haven't been able to do what they did. Mm. What they did was – their coaches managed to go and make adjustments to win a football game and come up with a plan B. And I think too many times this year, and I'm I, I'm not being critical of the Packers right now because, as I said in the last podcast, you can only look back on this season when we were at four and six to how we mm. finished, and have a positive feel. Yeah. But there was a, there is also a reason we were four and six at one point, and in most of those games we lost, it's because there was no plan B. There was. All, the, all we seemed to see was doing the same thing over and over and over that didn't work and not being able to change it. And that is what Belichick and his group of coaches managed to do so, so well in the Super Bowl yeah. was they managed to change it. And they probably made adjustments and didn't get it right quite the first time. But then they changed it and they changed things and they made the adjustments and they got to in the position they got to. Now, obviously, Tom Brady had a heck of a game in the fourth quarter. There was some luck. There were some great defensive plays made. You know, there was a lot of things had to come together. Yeah. And ultimately, uh, a lot of people said to me, who do you think are going to win? I said the Patriots because they've been there before and they have the experience to deal with the Super Bowl as a situation, as as an event. And maybe against all odds, that is what it came down to in the end. They just knew how to deal with it. And once they started coming back, maybe the Atlanta Falcons didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, what what turned out to be, like you said, a game where you could have gone home at half time, um, and certainly some people did leave our party at half time. Yeah. Uh, you know, to to what that game ended up being, and going into overtime, and the excitement that that brought, it actually turned out to be one hell of a Super Bowl party. Yeah, it was an amazing night. Uh, again, there was some super boozy times, but the. Uh... The flag was pretty good, man. I mean, you were killing it. We've put up some uh, highlights on Instagram, maybe. And we've put them up on Twitter, um, Facebook. There was some absolute nice standard textbook rollout. Some A. Rogers stuff from the big peacock man himself. I couldn't make the game, unfortunately. But you, you should start. That's where you need to start. Okay, before we talk <laughs> about the game, let's tell the listeners why Steve Diddy, why he says he didn't make the game. Right. I didn't make the get right. I missed my flight. I did the prime time thing. I've never missed a flight in my life. I've been damn close at times, right? Because I'm OCD to a point. You know, I I can't leave early. I can never be somewhere early. I have to be there on time because otherwise I'm just wasting my time sitting around, right? So I arrive. Um, you know, I'm cutting it pretty close. Uh, I won't go, to, you know, because I know we're running up a mad time here in the podcast. So I make it to the, you know, where you park, and then you have to get the shuttle bus to the airport. So I'm parking there. I'm on the shuttle bus. The dude in the bus sits there for like 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, don't have that time. So then he pulls around and I've started this thing in the car park I park in now. And funnily enough, you know, the whole hashtag prime time and you take the piss out of me for. But they have this premium parking thing where you pull up your car and you flick your keys to the valet and he parks it for you. I mean, Jesus Christ, how lazy. <laughs> I like to go high standard, but only in my flights in my hotel. I don't like, you know, I don't like to pull up like and go, here you go, commoner, and throw my keys to some guy to park it for me in a dusty car parking space that's too close to another car. Yeah, all right. It would not be long. <laughs> but it, so the thing is, is these, these goons are paying twice the amount to get this shitty service. So they, the bus pulls up to the prime time spot 
And some guy looks in the window, uh, right, with his cases. And your man goes, okay, I'm going to have to wait for this fool. So he waits for this guy to get on. And he's about to pull off. And the guy goes, oh, sorry, my wife's in there. So he has to wait at this premium hut for his wife to come out. Again, another 10 minutes. She's faffing around. So she comes out. So I'm after burning 25 minutes to half an hour on this bus alone. Uh, you know, I had max 10 minutes in the car park. We go in. And you know what? All's still not lost. Checked in online. I've got the stuff on my phone. I'm good to go. I've only got carry on. Happy days. Rush straight to the security place. And there's this girl standing in front. And again, idiot, right? She's got loads of liquids and all this stuff in her bag. She's got her buckly boots still on. And she's looking at you one like, uh, and you one was like, uh, have you got any liquids? Yeah. Are they in your bag? Yeah. Well, take them out, you know? And so she's to put her liquid stuff into the clear plasticky bags and put them down. And then she's looking at her boots and saying, like, take your boots off. You, know, you can't get through the scanner with the boots on. She takes one boot off. And stares at the security lady as if to say, like, I need assistance. And you know, I was like, take the left one off as well. What are you? So she takes the left one off as if she's never taken her shoes off before. I mean, so she puts her shoes in. That's fine. So there's this sort of Italian guy in front of me, right? Um, I know because he's holding pizza and um, he's not really. So he, he goes, <laughs> I was just going to get super anti-Italian there. Uh, so because of what he did. So this guy, the scanner bag goes through and this Irish security guard, hold on there, buddy, Jesus, right? So he pulls open this guy's bag and whips out what he had in it. A pen knife, Ryan. The guy who tried to bring a knife on the plane, right? So, your man doesn't go, listen, you're a tool. I'm going to take this away. You're a, you're a gimp, right? He goes and takes the knife and opens it into a knife. And then gets a little measuring thing and goes, yeah, it's over the prescribed, you know. I was sort thinking, what? So you can actually get a knife on a tiny knife onto a plane? And that's okay. But, like, is this... It just annoyed me. I mean, is this guy never flown before? How did he get the pen knife to Ireland? You know, idiot. And on top of that, in his bag, he had about four uh, nearly full aftershave bottles. Super Italian style, you know, like he was from Milan or something. Do you know what? Do you know what just strikes me here? That if, if it was too cold for you to come and play, you just had to say, do you know what? It's too cold on prime time. I don't want to play. You didn't have to make up this story and then miss a flight. No, dude, I'm Celtic. Yeah. I don't mind the cold. I've sat out Leinster season tickets. I don't mind any of that type of malarkey. But this guy to bring a pen knife and about four... To be honest I with know. you, maybe okay. he was a terrorist. Because otherwise, why would you bring highly flammable liquid and pen knives onto a plane? The guy, maybe we, we missed a like catastrophic event. Anyway, ran to the desk, said to her in the dramatic home alone, like, oh my God, is the plane gone? And she was like, yeah, it left four minutes ago. I was like, Jesus. So she put me on the next plane for free. But look... We've talked enough about that. We've talked about the bad yeah. area, me getting into London. Like, yeah. We haven't talked about your stellar performance. What were your stats on the day? Well, it's 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 funny that you should come up with a with a, a knife situation because we sure as cut through their defense <laughs> like a hot knife through butter. Yeah, yeah, was that good? Come on, so we go had... get ra- go, go get radio qualification if you can come up with a link like that. Oh yeah, but yeah, um, we did good. We did good, and I have to say, the only video that anybody caught on camera was when I threw two very wobbly passes. But I must admit, <laughs> there were some good throws in there as well, including the game-winning touchdown pass from the halfway line to oh. Rusty Carteret, and that is how you say his name. I don't care what anyone That's says. Balls, it's complete balls. But go on. But yeah, no, there was some good. So I think uh, I threw two touchdowns. I think Andy Davies came in as a... He was backup QB on the day when That's I not, injured my shoulder. He's not going to be happy moment. with that stat. He's not going to be happy with that tagline now. What? Backup QB? Backup QB. Yeah, but he's also starting receiver and starting safety. So I don't think it's too bad. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, that last... Plus, I, was, I got there for the late one when you threw the pass to Russell de Carteret. And it was it was a la A-Rod to uh, Randall Cobb back in the end zone where no one else could get it. That was a sweet throw. It was good. And, and I mean, that's not even to get started on the defense. I think we had two pick sixes as a defense and three interceptions in total. Oh, really? um, I hope I haven't got this wrong. I think Tom Cole's got a pick six. Hmm. I got a pick six and Phil Rudkin possibly, got a nice interception Phil card, Rudkin I think got an interception as well mm. um, so yeah it was but it was a great day I mean there was loads of players played wasn't there there was um, uh, a few girls got out on the field and played as well and Jill yep. and uh, and Charlotte I think got out on the field um, but there was loads of people played I mean we had a squad of 20 odd people did we not and everybody yeah. got some time we had the young 16 year old lad was his name I've been trying to think of his name was it Ewan or Ethan uh, you're talking to a man who arrived with about five minutes to go after rushing well, off look, the plane. Uh, look, so. This is what I want to say. The, th- the reason for this being is I've been trying to find you, buddy, on social media, and I'm sure it's Ewan. 
but I cannot find you. So please DM the group, whether it be on Facebook or Twitter, because we've got some great pictures which you're in. Um, and also this kid, it should be, he deserves a shout out here, right? His dad, well, his mum and dad are going to take him to Green Bay next year. He's mm. going to go with his dad if he does well in his exams. Oh, yeah. Right? Study up, buddy. So, Study I, up. so I said to this guy, I said, I'm not being funny. If there is no, there can be no better motivation. Mm. So I say to him, what you predicted in your exams? And he goes, oh, all A stars. Nice. And I'm nice. like, oh, right. Okay. So what university are you getting your degree, getting your first degree at? Do you know what I mean? Why, why are we even worrying about whether he does well? Just buy them tickets. Oh, get yeah. them tickets. Take them to Green Bay. And study up. Don't don't sort of you know get sidetracked with alcohol and hookers here. I mean, you got to study up. Get your ass to Green Bay, and in fact, get a full scholarship to like the University of Green yeah. Bay. I'd be doing yeah, that. If do I was. that. Yeah. Do that. You can play. You can play basketball for the Green Bay Phoenix. Do that. Look, look. You've got two. There's two ways of approaching your exams. It's the Steve Diddy way, where you do all your research. You really put your head into mm. it. You try hard. You you look at every different angle. You thoroughly, thoroughly look at things. Or you've got my approach, where you'll drink to at least one in the morning and then just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's, uh, it's going to work out for you. But fun fact, and it's in the documentary if anyone sees it, I'm a notorious crammer. So what I'll usually do is, for exams, not it's weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm highly prepared for the podcast. But when it came to exams, I used to drive my brother mental because we used to share a room, bunk beds, the whole lot. And uh, he used to be the type where he'd study six months in advance for exams, not you know. And I'd usually just cram a few days before and whip out some A's. So you know, I'm, I'm all right. I can I, I can gung ho it as well. But come here, I think we'll end the whole night because Jesus, the podcast is running on. Um, great night. Uh, some really cool people. It's too many people to mention. Uh, the parties just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, and we've been recognised by the Packers. And just again to give it another shout out, we have two documentaries of the Packers' life, which is the official Green Bay Packers documentary on Packers.com. So if anybody hasn't seen them, they're very easy to find. Just go to Packers.com, and our second one is on the homepage. So in the two episodes, the first one is about the group, myself and Ryan, how we set it up, what we're all about, the people that we're involved in, with, and then the um. The second one then is about our trip to Green Bay, which was mine, my first. And unfortunately, Ryan couldn't come over. And that's why you don't see him a whole lot in the documentary. You see him at the start because he couldn't make the trip over this year. The same way I couldn't make the trip the previous year. And the documentary is all about people experiencing their first time, you know, breaking their uh, Green Bay virginity when they went over. And there's a lovely heart rendering story about the Woods. So Derek and Karen Wood, and he surprised her for the 27th or 25th wedding oh, yeah. anniversary. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I cry at just about any film. Like yesterday, I cried at Hacksaw Ridge at the end. If you haven't seen that, go see it. It made me yeah. cry. But yeah, Karen Wood and uh, that what a story that is. I nearly yeah. cried. I didn't quite cry, but I nearly cried. I missed it up. I missed it up. And it's Joan was balling like story. a baby. Yeah, it's really, really nice. And if it doesn't make you cry or at least go to tear up, uh, you're a right bastard who deserves to be in jail. Do you, do you know another film that I cried at? What's that? Uh, me, myself and Irene? No, like, no lying here. Monsters Inc. The first one, where she has to give. You know where. You know where Sully has to give the kid back because obviously he can't stay in the monster world. I've never I seen mean, that. I mean, that's sad. I see that? No, I should see that. It's a good, good oh, don't, old show. Don't watch it. Don't watch, Don't put yourself through it. It's too heartbreaking. Apparently, people keep uh, banging on about that. I have to see the film up because when the old man loses the oh, wife, no, when, just he, to break when he loses heart. his wife, mm. don't watch that either. It's too much of an emotional roller coaster. And Wally, Wally's meant to be one that really makes you like get all emotional over rubbish. Uh, not watch that sounds crap <laughs> all about shite but uh, yeah absolutely unbelievable uh, Night Rhino but I reckon should we uh, jump into some Packers off season uh, shebang town action uh, yeah let's do it why not we've got probably about all of 30 seconds left indeed so a, a bit of a news round up like we said we're going to keep this format generally the same we're not going to add in any of our jingles any of our bits and all that kind of gear but by the way uh, just before we leave the whole area of jingles um, first off two things really first off let us know what you think of the primetime in bailiff show uh, if you like that and second off the amount of people who came up to the both of us at the meetup and said A that they love the podcast but B apart my intro was just my intro never really thought a whole lot about it but people keep saying that they imitate it in the car when it comes on that what's going on buddy right apparently that's more popular than I thought it was so if you like the intro or if you like any part if you like the way ryan drinks a lot or some stuff that ryan says which is hilarious or 
some bits that I do, let us know, will you? Because sometimes when you do the podcast, you actually don't know what the good and successful parts of the pod are and which parts people love and find funny. So whatever you find funny, you know, get in contact because you might be laughing in your car or whatever. And we've no idea that we're completely taking the piss here. Because we try to make it lighthearted and fun. Uh, but sometimes it's very hard to know, Ryan, isn't it? What people like, what people don't like about the whole thing. And that struck me kind yeah. of at the meetup that they kept saying that, that the intro was a, was a really funny bit. Like. Yeah, and it was it was great just to, just to meet people again. And please come to these meetups because you get to meet so many new friends and everybody says it, don't they? Yeah. And it's great as well to meet you guys in person and hear your feedback and, you know, hear that, you know, whatever whatever it might be. As long as your feedback isn't uh, get off the air, we're fed up of listening to you. Um, <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, so I guess what we'll do is is we'll run through some Packer stuff and then we'll, we're going to really just ham it up then on the next podcast. So to let people know, we had a bit of a hiatus. It was kind of, you know, to recover um, from the Super Bowl stuff. Um, I had some personal stuff that was going on as well uh, that kind of prevented me from getting near any of the any of the stuff as well which i'm not going to go into um so we're back rightly now and it will be and we promise it will be record of a sunday night and it'll be out every single monday now we did have two shows and we will have two shows when it comes to the regular season and maybe even pre-season on the build-up uh but for the off season we're going to stick to one quality show because we don't want because we know there are podcasts out there that are doing regular you know almost everyday hey, shows hey. Hang yeah. on a minute. You didn't tell me this was meant to be the quality one. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, people. You should have pre-warned me. <laughs> I'm telling people this is the usual shite. We're going to get into the quality next week. Oh, the quality's coming. Yeah, it's next week, Ron. I don't worry about it, buddy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. So, come here. I think, Ryan, what we want to hit on at the end of this show really is um, Jordy hey. won the MVP, uh, the, the comeback sort of MVP. He won the comeback award. Uh, we want to talk about the big news as well that Sam Shields has been let go and he had a bit of, I don't, I'm not going to say sort of sour grapes on his Instagram post, but he did have some really questionable hashtags. One of them uh, spelling Mike McCarthy's name wrong. And then we also want to talk about James Starks being let go. Which one do you want to start with, buddy? Well, I mean, Jordy Nelson absolutely deserved. Who else would you have given it to? Uh, yeah. This this guy came back. People said, oh, we don't know if he'll be able to get back to his former self. It's a big injury. It's it's this, that, and the other. And actually, he came back, and he was as good, if not better, this year. Yeah. And there's not a team in the NFL that wouldn't want Jordy Nelson on it. He he really is a prime-time player. Um, and, you know, just proved it again this year. I'm pretty sure he led the leagues in touchdowns. I mean, there really was no other option for this award. No, and do you know what? I think the Packers had two comeback players of the year and the second one is Devontae Adams. You know, and I know he didn't win the award for it and it's sexier to give it to Jordy and Jordy does deserve it, don't get me wrong. He had 97 catches for 1,257 yards and 14 touchdowns. Rightly, as you say, he led the league in touchdowns. I think it was a bit of a disgrace that he wasn't voted to the Pro Bowl because I think he definitely should have been there. Now, again, we can go into the Pro Football focus stats and look at him. I think he was either the 12th or 14th receiver. Uh, the best receiver on the list but to me to come back from that injury and again he had a now I'm going to say this with a bit of a caveat he had a slow start is what they said but not really I mean with the heat in Jacksonville and trying to get that chemistry back but 14 touchdown catches absolutely amazing and Devontae Adams again just from a Packers perspective Ryan I think he was dynamite this season he was tied for second in the league with 12 touchdowns yeah, and can you imagine finishing just three yards off a thousand-yard season? Yeah, which I must mean, have hurt. That would make me lose my mind, bruv. But the thing as well is, Ryan, isn't it great that it's it's justification for him because it all came out after last season, after he had the case of the drop season, people were taking the piss out of him, that even Aaron Rodgers said, look, the guy was playing injured. It's very hard to play injured, and then you're taking all this slack, and then you don't want to come out and sort of say how injured you are because then you know teams will target you. Mm-hmm. And the one player that did get targeted and that we did worry about was Jordy Nelson. But again, what a comeback player, showing his metal, putting on that Kevlar sort of over super armor that he had on to play in that game, which actually had Aaron Rodgers in tears. Uh, in the postseason presser when he was talking about the commitment that Jordy put in and the risk that he put himself under to get out there and play. Um, but look, we have some stellar stuff happening at wide receiver uh, with Jordy Nelson, with Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb again. Like I read an article from Rob Domofsky who said that he didn't live up to that 2014 season. But if you look behind all that and look at the stats, it's the emergence of Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams who has lessened Cobb's numbers and Cobb has been working in the slot. But Jordy Nelson 
had a lot of his action in the slot as well, which is typically Randall Cobb's area. Um, and if you look at some of the stats from the game, Randall Cobb will catch everything that you throw his way mostly. You know, and that's why he's doing a good job of what he's doing. He just hasn't been actually used as much in the system. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, yeah, okay, what did he finish with? Was it four touchdowns, I think, Randall Cobb? But the plays, some of the plays that he made and some of the plays that aren't the big TV highlight plays were still incredibly important. And when the three of those guys are playing together on offense, they all create opportunities for each other. Hmm. And yes, one guy might finish the season with 14 and one might finish with four, but it's as a unit. How well do they play as a unit? And you've got three genuine weapons there. The defense cannot cheat up on our number one option. You know, there's teams in the league, um, and I'm sure we spoke about them through the season, but there's teams in the league where you know they've got that number one guy and your defense focuses on shutting that down and then just looking after the rest of it. Green Bay have a genuine threat all over their receiving core. Yeah. So for me, it doesn't matter who finished with what numbers. It's how do they work as a unit? And we definitely have one of the best receiving units in the league. Absolutely. Like you said, we've three legit now. Uh, we have Jeff Janis as well, who's kind of this utility wide receiver. <laughs> They're using him to run out of the backfield at times. Trevor Davis, who's untested. McCaffrey, again, who they brought on really recently. I think he'll be gone. Yeah, I think so, Just while so, you yeah. him, I think Trevor Davis will be gone because they'll pick up somebody out of the draft, I guess. They'll pick up a receiver, and I just don't know he's done enough. No, and again, they have Geronimo Allison as well, who, if you look at his Looks measurables, yeah, and he did well. He, he caught his touchdowns, and his measurables as well look pretty good. Um, so, And as well as that, he's grateful to the, pra- to the Packers. He was signed off the practice squad, so I reckon that he might get a, maybe a one-year deal. Who knows what they'll give him just to see if they can they can make a good, legit wide receiver out of him. Six foot three, mm-hmm. um, so his measurables are pretty good. But, Ryan, to go from what we do have to now what we don't have, the Packers let go yep. of Sam Shields and James Starks. Now, we said it from the, from the group Twitter account. People were like, oh, you're shocked about the move, and your answer is? No. No. Not I shocked know. on either one. Yeah. yeah, no. Uh, and I don't mean that to be harsh, right? Let, let me let me just sum that up. James Starks has been a beast for us. That 2010 year, you know, he he was amazing in that postseason, okay? And he's a big reason um, for being in that Super Bowl and ultimately winning it. Yeah. Uh, and so let's never forget James Starks' contribution. I know there's a lot of people got on his back this year. Maybe even myself. Sometimes he just seemed to, to run east to west and not not north and south you know yeah it was it was frustrating at times watching him but at the end of the day we don't know what it was being called we don't we don't know what he was being asked to do okay yeah let's remember what he did give to the green green bay packers and and i'm grateful for the time he spent with us and i'm grateful for the work that he put in um was it a shock they let him go not really um i think we've got other options now with a with a stacked running back um class coming up uh, you know there's there's a good chance we're going to pick up a running back yeah, and I mean, it does look like they're going to sign Eddie Lacy because Mike McCarthy came out and said that he certainly wants to bring Eddie Lacy back. But to go back to your point about James Starks, you know, the problem with the Packers sometimes is is that you look at sort of a standout performance in a really good time and then go, oh, you know, we should we should keep this guy for sentimentality. We showed that with BJ Raji when he was grading out as the worst player in his position for a number of years, but people kept thinking back to the, you know, the good times with him and, and due to Raji and all this. It's very easy. Who did it? <laughs> Who did it? But uh, it's very easy to look back at those times and get too sort of, you know, teary-eyed and stuff. Yes, 2010, uh, and, you know, seven years ago, he's been he's been with the Packers seven years, and he was that Super Bowl run he was integral but if you look at I mean he was coming off a really strong 2015 is what they call it uh, behind Eddie Lacy they were saying that we had the best one-two punch in the NFL but if you look at his numbers I mean he only ran for 600 yards and two touchdowns um, so although you say like we're the best one-two punch 600 yards and two touchdowns um, is not gonna you know it's not as if the best one-two punch I've seen in, in recent years was Arian Foster uh, when he was playing. And it's amazing. I used to know his name and I used to always go back to them. I can't even remember the dude's name now. But he was stellar when he played with Arian Foster uh, in Texas at the time. They had a ridiculous one-two punch. It will come to me halfway through. when we're Alfred finished. Blue? No, it's... Um, mm. oh, what was his name? 
Yeah, I know who you talk about. And then he went somewhere else as potentially being the guy and wasn't. No, exactly. And that's why, you know, because they complement each other. We've Eddie Lacey, we've Ty Montgomery. And people keep saying, oh, so do you reckon Ty Montgomery is definitely going to be... Yes, Ty Montgomery is a running back. He is not a wide receiver. He's definitely 100% going to be a running back. They're going to change his number. They just they would have changed his number this season, but you can't do it halfway through the season. It's against NFL rules. So they'll have Ty Montgomery there. They'll have Eddie Lacey there. But James Stark's being let go. No, not surprised whatsoever. He took an injury in week four. It was a knee injury. Uh, so he wasn't 100% uh, when we played against the Giants. And then he suffered that concussion in the car accident in December, which kind of spelled the end of James Starks. But both of us said numerous times on previous podcasts, he wasn't going to be back. And that brings us to Sam Shields again. We said that he was not going to be back and we've proved to be right. Ryan, this is a guy who has a problem with concussions and one of the main problems with concussions, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is that if you get your first concussion that you get uh, is usually hard to pick up. So your face has to be smashed into the ground pretty hard. Um, you know, you have to get a G-force uh, knock to the head. But if your mm-hmm. concussions take longer and longer to recover from, which they do, and if your most recent concussion happens on something pretty innocuous, uh, which it did with Sam Shields, uh, he got a, I think he got a shoulder pad to the head and no one saw it as a particularly big tackle, but all of a sudden he was concussed and out for the season. Um, when that starts happening to you, your time is absolutely numbered. And he says in his yeah. hashtag that he won't play for anybody else, but I don't think he'll have a choice. No, I think probably the problem here is it has been done on an on a injury grounds, but he hasn't been ruled out by a doctor. So essentially he has just been cut by the Packers. Yeah. I think maybe some of his frustration comes on on the Twitter. Uh, sorry, it was his Instagram post, Instagram, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, some of that frustration may come from the fact that uh, it was... I think his hand was forced and how he probably felt like if you were going to make that decision, I wish you'd spoke to me. I wish you'd allowed me to go out on my own terms and maybe actually just retire from the Green Bay Packers as a Green Bay Packer, if that makes sense. And I think maybe that's where that frustration comes from. Um, And I kind of get where he's coming from. Um, I don't know what, how employment law essentially would, would apply to this situation. Can you really go to a player and persuade him to retire or you'll, or you'll cut him anyway. I mean, where does that leave you from yeah. a legal point of view, you know? So I think the Packers, unfortunately, had to make their play, and that's probably his frustration, is that he just couldn't go out on his terms. I've also, because I've cheated and gone on Google, but I found out your running back is called Ben Tate. Ben Tate. Unbelievable, dude. Properly unbelievable. <laughs> he was. Uh, Foster and Ben Tate were the two best. They were like carbon copies of each other, and you just slot Ben Tate in, and this running back by committee. And it's the same as with what the Falcons had. Um, you know, with Coleman and Coleman and Freeman. Freeman. Um, when they came in, I mean, they were interchangeable, and it was unbelievable. And that's the same with Foster and Tate. But anyway, we digress. But to to go back to your Sam Shields, I mean, you know, he still hadn't passed concussion protocol, and that was the thing is that people go, "Oh, they shouldn't have done that." What are you gonna do? Hang on for a guy who picks up another, you know? And I'm not gonna disrespect a guy by going, "Oh, what?" So you know, he he gets out of bed in the morning, and gets another concussion, and he can't play because they're very serious things. But it would be that innocuous. He'd be in a game, and he has to make a hard hitting tackle against because he's going to have to shadow uh, the number one wide receiver. And if you look at the likes of Julio Jones, who will give you a stiff arm to beat the band, and he'll go up and flip upside down and do what he has to do to catch the ball, you're constantly looking at a guy called Sam, like Sam Shields, who you're going to pay twelve million to. Now, I know they say that he only accounts for $9 million in a cap. That's because $3 million of that money is guaranteed and $9 million is the stuff that, because they've cut him, we're going to save against cap space. You know, you're dealing with a guy you're paying $12 million to and he could pick up a concussion at any time and he throws you into the same muck that we had this time around because when we went into training camp, we were looking fairly okay, right? So we had Sam Shields, who was a pro bowler. Uh, he looked excellent. He was, what did he have, 12 to 16 interceptions and the last whatever amount of years that he's with the Packers. Uh, we had Demarius Randall, who was a first-round pick. We had Quinton Rollins, who's a second-round pick. They were our top three cornerbacks, and we looked absolutely set. And the first two guys who were rookies the previous year uh, were looking pretty good, but that's because we shut down one side of the field with Sam Shields. Uh, we had the safeties playing well. They were shutting it down. You know, as a tandem, they were the eight best in the league. But, Ryan, I mean... If we look at this, you know, Sam Shields went out in game one. The boys were thrown into the deep end. You know, six games into the season, we'd Gunter starting, we'd Goodson starting, we'd Hyde as the slot cover man in the nickel. So we looked in bad shape from, from game six on. 
and we never really recovered from that and i don't think that we're going to get any better unless we add something but i don't honestly think that that's going to happen in free agency i really don't it will he's changed his mind we're going out and we're going to be aggressive and we're going to go get something do you know because i'm being positive <laughs> do you know what we sound like we sound like the guys that got cheated on 17 times and we keep saying about the missus no no she's fine this time no yeah, she's fine no, this time know. she'll change yeah yeah, yeah you're right <laughs> you're right i just want to make one more point and you said it about you know the fact and i know we're getting on for time so we'll have to wrap up in a minute but the the point you made about the the whole injury thing mm. we've got to remember the green bay packers have a responsibility to their players yeah. to look after them because I liken this to not same injuries, essentially, but you liken it to the Nick Collins injury, the Jermichael Finley injury, and now probably Sam Shields. Those players, if you gave them a chance to pull on the jersey and go out and play, they wouldn't think twice. They'd go out and play. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers have the responsibility to look after the people, right? The the league, the NFL, has a responsibility to look after those players. The yeah. doctors on those teams has that responsibility. So... Yeah, sometimes they have to look like the bad guy, but they're doing it for the right reason because if you ask that player, that player would run straight back out on the field and play. Yeah, it's a responsibility to the player, responsibility to the team because he's taken up a roster spot when you know potentially and it's highly likely that he's going to get injured again. Um, and you know you're looking after cap space but when we look at the whole cap space issue and I know we're gonna we were talking about Ryan to do this on later podcasts which we're gonna get into but when we talk about the likes of free agency and all the rest of it uh, it all comes down to cap space how much cap space do we have letting Shields go we get nine back letting Starks go we get an extra chunk back and we have 43 million now there's rumors out there it's between 40 and 43 but the best case scenario at the moment anyway uh, you know without letting other people go is 43 million in cap space uh coming into the season next season so i mean it's looking pretty good so i think as you said we'll wrap it up there i know we've waxed on lyrical uh it's going to be every single sunday night's going to be recorded into monday we promise you that we will never miss a deadline um and lastly i think ryan to mention just a bit of housekeeping we released our baseball tee which was an which was a limited edition baseball tee to let people know we've had some cheeky comments come in people looking for free ones look the group was a non-profit group the stuff that we sell only barely covers um you know what we do for the group in fact it doesn't even cover what we do for the group and what we pay out of our own money to all the trolls out there who we have mentioned before who say that you know we're in trying to make money we're not watch the two documentaries that are on packers.com the official packers website if you actually want to see some of our personal lives and what we sacrifice to do what we do but we released this baseball tee ryan and it absolutely flew off the shelves but in order to do it we had to buy in bulk so we had to take the risk uh, order in bulk order sizes in bulk and then try and move them and we did they absolutely flew off the shelves and when we met people for the super bowl meet they said to us that they really really wanted to get their hands on some so we're strongly thinking before we kill that design forever or for at least you know a good while uh is doing a second run so if anybody out there listening to the podcast has seen our baseball tee if you haven't get onto our twitter account we've posted it out pretty recently if you would like a baseball tee get in contact because off the back of the interest that we could potentially receive to do it uh we'd like to do another run because you know we felt kind of bad for people because they really wanted to get their hands on one before it was killed forever so ryan we're thinking about doing another batch aren't we but if we do a batch it's gonna be small it's gonna be again super limited edition and once the design is gone we're gone we're not a shop we can't afford to be keeping stock and spending our own money on it we've got mortgages and kids and all the rest of it uh but certainly if people want a tea get in contact and then maybe there's a new design in a few months time oh yeah Yep. That's like a little little taster for you. A little teaser because we would like to release uh, and we ha- we're going to have to try, well, we're not going to have to, but we-, we have some really exciting stuff coming down the line about sort of different levels of uh, membership and-, and benefits and all that type of stuff is to try, you know, bring this community that we have a little bit closer in it. You'll never have to pay for anything that we do. You're never going to have to pay for the podcast. The podcast that we do for you are completely free and we're not going to try rip anybody off. As we said, watch the two documentaries. That not, that's not what we're into. But we're just, you know, we'd like to get more people to the meetups and, and stuff like that. So we've got some really fun stuff coming down the line. But anyway, we'll uh, cut her there. We will be back the same time next Monday morning. You'll be able to listen to us while you're walking the dog on your way in, on the car, on the train, into your commute. But from myself, at Steady the NFL from the group at UK Packers and from me old buddy me old pal Ryan Peacock it's goodbye for this week it's been a pleasure thank you